0: As soon as I had a focused brand and a focused target of who I served and created content around that, then the story started to really take shape and take form in the sense that now uh, I've been able to find what I love to do and align my path and my values. And ultimately, you know, the people that I serve are the people who feel lost, stuck, or fulfilled in their path. So all my content, all my speeches, all my uh, workshops and the events that I run had everything to do with those people. Uh, Who are trying to find more focus and clarity and accountability, who are trying to find ways to align their purpose and are trying to find ways to wrap up their brand.
1: You're listening to the business of thought leadership with Nikki Baloo and Michael Palmer.
2: Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Business of Thought Leadership. I'm your co-host, Nikki
3: Ballou. I'm your other co-host, Michael Palmer.
2: And today's guest is none other than Mr. Personal Branding himself. I am speaking, of course, of the one, the only, the legendary Bobby Umar. Bobby, welcome to the show.
0: Thanks, guys. Delighted to be here.
2: We're delighted to have you. So Bobby, the name of this podcast is The Business of Thought Leadership. Our listener is super interested in knowing how you have come to take that genius, that expertise that you have, and turned it into amazing commercial success. Tell us your story.
0: Okay. So I I think I'll start off by saying that I was a lost leader and I spent many years doing different careers. I was an engineer. I was a teacher. I was a brand marker. I did performing arts and performed on stage and I couldn't really figure out what is it that I want to do. And by the time I was 30, I think I was like 35 or 36 or so, I was like, you know, I need to figure out what I really want to do that makes me really happy because I wasn't fitting in. And so I dove in my personal brand and really figured out, you know what? Uh, these are certain elements that are important to me and let me forge a brand new path for myself. So 10 years ago, I started a speaking career, became a professional speaker, and I focused on networking and building relationships. And then one day I talked about personal branding as a promise you make to people you network with. And I really took off and people love that idea. It's like, wow, that's really great. So I started making content there. And then I started doing more social media stuff, Became becoming a thought influencer on social media and building up my Twitter profile, which now is 400,000 plus. And that's kind of where it started to really take off in terms of uh, my brand and my impact. As soon as I had a focused brand and a focused target of who I serve and created content around that, then the story started to really take shape and take form in the sense that now uh, I've been able to find what I love to do and align my path and my values. And ultimately, you know, the people that I serve are the people who feel lost, stuck, or fulfilled in their path. So all my content, all my speeches, all my Uh, Workshops and the events that I run have everything to do with those people uh, who are trying to find more focus and clarity and accountability, who are trying to find ways to align their purpose and trying to find ways to wrap up their brand. So it's been a really incredible journey for me. I'm very grateful. I continue to espouse values of love and empathy and understanding and forgiveness and and heart in terms of what I do. And I spend a lot of my time uh, with that to help people do the exact same thing in their businesses. Bobby, That was
2: poetry in motion, man. That was (laughs) clear, concise, succinct. So what had you take the leap from being somebody who worked a job to being somebody who charted his own path? What got you past Uh your fears, first of all? Because I know there's people listening to this podcast thinking, I want to be like Bobby. I want to do what he does, but I don't have 400,000 followers on Twitter. How do you inspire that man that woman to take the leap forward?
0: well ultimately it goes back to fulfillment <clears throat> and you know just to be, just to be fair you know when I started this whole thing I had zero followers on Twitter right so everyone starts at zero and uh, there's the thing about fulfillment is you know join fulfillment is just something really important to us and when your boss makes you cry when your work is so unfulfilling when you're just so tired all the time when your body hurts, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with the work that you're doing. There's something wrong with the path that you're on. And you have to think about the long term in terms of, you know, when we think of the top five regrets of dying, do they worry about whether they worked harder for the company? No, they wish they'd spend more time on relationships. They, they wish they'd wish spend more time, you know, exploring the grand diversity of this earth. They wish they'd spend more time doing things really loved and conquering their fears. So to me, the, the big leap of faith really came from the idea that I certainly... Feared the unknown and the entrepreneurial life, but the idea of being stuck or lost or unfulfilled in a job that that provided you know that could cause me pain uh, long term just was unbearable. I was like you know there's no way I want to do that. And most of us will typically respond to two types of stimuli. One would be a pain point. We move away from the pain point, and the other one would be a bliss point. And so for me, the pain point was so bad that I wanted to move away. The bliss point wasn't clear, but at the time, I definitely knew the Bliss Point had some benefits in terms of unlimited potential, uh, autonomy, making my own decisions, being in control of my life, and also just getting away from uh, that whole corporate structure that I couldn't stand.
3: Yeah, familiar story for both Nikki and I. And the, I'm sure like with your personal branding, you're an expert at personal branding where do you start with people when you're working? I mean, our listener is constantly thinking about this and we'd love to hear what your thoughts are.
0: Well, I mean, you know, the, the whole personal brand dive is a long one. It takes a lot of time and energy, but I think uh, a short starter would be to really understand, you know, what makes you happy? What makes you what makes you angry? And what what are you indifferent about when you look at the story of your life? So you look at your, your work experience, you look at your personal experience, your relationships experience, your family experience, and you can start to see certain threads and themes and values that make you who you are. And for one of the things that I find out for a lot of people is I look at what I call the four areas of fulfillment. So typically what happens is people create a narrative or resign themselves to a narrative that is fulfillment in one area of their life, but not the other areas in their life. So the four areas of fulfillment are one is your work, the work you do, whether it's, you know, paid or it's nonprofit or volunteer work. The second is the people in your life. So your friends, your family, kids, parents. The third is your extracurricular pursuit, your passion, or hobbies, whatever those might be, like, you know, uh, uh, skydiving or rock climbing or, or yoga. And the fourth is just is personal fulfillment and meditation, reflection, spirituality, things like that. It could be religion, it could be spirituality, it could be meditation. And typically what happens is people are unfulfilled or unhappy in one aspect. So it's like, you know what? I love my job, but I can't stand my life at home. Or I love my wife and kids, but I hate my job. Or man, I can't stand my wife and kids and I hate my job, but thank God for yoga and you know working out. And what they do is they resign themselves to a narrative where they're unfulfilled in one or more of those four areas of their life. And so when I talk to people right away, I usually identify at least one or two of those things right away. And the question I ask them is like, Why are you resigning yourself to that? Why are you following that narrative? Why can you not make those parts of your life also more fulfilling? I'm not saying they have to be perfect, but why not work towards making them more fulfilling? And that starts the conversation on the importance of personal branding and aligning your entire path, not just you know, your relationship path or your career path or your spiritual path, but aligning every path of your life towards more and more fulfillment. And that's how I define success. I define success as Increasing the four areas of your life in terms of more joy and more fulfillment. If you do that, that's success. I love it. We'll be
2: right back with the rest of our interview with today's guest. Welcome to another segment of Strategies for Growing Your Business with myself and my co host, Michael Palmer. And today, we're going to talk about clarity the importance of having a clear message and being clear about who your ideal target market is. So, Michael, why is it so important to have a clear message?
3: Well, number one, in the market, you're just one other competitor with your your competition. And unless you have an edge, you're always going to be competing on the lowest common denominator. And a clear message is one of those edges that when you nail it, you can stand out from the crowd far, far above and be recognized as the authority in that marketplace. And a clear message is typically around your expertise and what you actually do for your client. Not what you do, it's what you do for your client. And so when they can see that and understand that message clearly, you will stand above your competitors.
2: That's super important, isn't it? Because Let's face it. If you're listening to this podcast and you are saying, "Okay, I'm a brand new coach or maybe I've been around for a while and I do my stuff and you've got nothing that sets you apart and there's not that element of clarity in your message, you're going to have a tough slog of it. It's going to be a grind, isn't it, Michael?
3: Absolutely, and you know what can help is being in a niche market. But this is another topic. But if you're in a, a competitive market, you need to have a narrow and clear message of your expertise and how valuable what you do for people is.
2: Exactly. So, for example, we have a client. He's a relationship coach. We'll call him Steve, mainly because that's his name. <laughs> and um, Steve started out by saying, "Okay, you know what? I help men." make their marriages better. Well, there's a lot of people who help men and women make their marriages better. That wasn't really all that compelling. But when Steve started to really get what it was that these men were up against, right? the problem uh, in in helping their marriages get better was that they weren't paying enough attention to uh, their wives. They weren't listening to their wives. And he really focused on helping them become better listeners, become a better listener. You know that complaint that a lot of wives have, certainly mine mine has had and my wife-to-be has had, is you don't listen to me, you don't listen to me well enough? Well, Steve's got something to help people take care of that. That's having a clear message. Having a clear message really helps you stand out from that sea of sameness. Because if you're stuck in the CM sameness, you are not going to stand out. You're going to be just like everybody else, and it's going to be a hard, tough slog. But if you've got a clear message, you'll stand out. People will know who you are. It'll be easier for you to track
3: clients, right? Absolutely. And one other, in the same vein of, of example, but one of our clients, Adele, she works with married couples and she takes married couples where their marriages become stale and and literally has them go back to becoming like they were young lovers holding hands kissing all of those wonderful things that if you're in a stale marriage and you hear her message and you want to have that happen again you're gonna instantly recognize her as somebody that can help you and that's the power of having that clear message
2: that was brilliant Michael I totally love that that's fantastic alrighty then. And that's another segment of strategies for growing your business. We now go back to our interview with today's guest.
3: And so you, you take your clients through this journey and um, what, what results, what, how does that impact them when they've discovered this?
0: Well, the the first thing that I love is, uh, and again, that's the initial conversation. Once you go through the whole personal brand process, you go through why, vision, and mission, and, and really think about what can, what they want to do, uh, my favorite thing really is when I work with someone on a why statement, and all of a sudden they have this big light in their like this big big like oh, aha moment. Like, oh my gosh, this is exactly who I serve. This is exactly what I want to do. That that light in their eyes is just amazing. I love the look in their eyes when it happens, and. And then the success comes really from them starting to implement it. And usually it's always in the form of a surprise. Like, wow, you know, I I put, I spent a couple of months putting this together. I put it out there and now I'm getting clients and now I'm getting impact. I'm getting followers. And it's like, holy cow, why didn't I do it? And they're always like, wow. And they're always like, why did I do it before? And what the hell was I thinking back in the day when I was in that cubicle? So uh, for me, one is that aha moment when I help them figure out their their purpose or their their mission or their 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 personal brand. that That's an amazing piece. But the second piece is usually several months later when they come back and it's like, Bobby, okay, here's where I am. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you for first getting taken off the blinders and then help me go through this past.
2: Bobby, that's amazing stuff. So You and I both share a passion for thought leadership. Michael has the same passion for thought leadership. Thought leadership is only possible when someone knows what their personal brand is, when they're clear what their message is, when they're clear who it is they help, when they're clear what problem they help solve for people. But being clear on that doesn't make you a thought leader, right? It's another leap and another step to take you from there to thought leadership. What are your
0: thoughts on that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think... Similar to leadership, you know, we are we are born to be made into leaders, and we have leadership within us. We also have to work towards developing ourselves as leaders. We have to evolve, change, and grow as leaders. Thought leadership is the same thing. So we all have the ability to be a thought leader in whatever field we choose to be in. But then it takes work. It takes work to become a thought leader. And normally when I – when I look at thought leaders like uh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk or Oprah Winfrey or Warren Buffett or, or Jay-Z or people that I admire that are doing really cool things, I see three main things that are important to become a thought leader. And so <clears throat> they basically are, number one, you have to network authentically to build deep connections, relationships, as well as a broad network of connections. That's the first thing. The second thing that thought leaders all do is they're constantly creating amazing ideas and content. So whether you're writing songs or Warren Buffett's doing financial reports or Gary Vaynerchuk is doing really cool entrepreneurial videos, they're always creating kick-ass content. And the third thing that thought leaders are always doing is they're always working on bettering their speaking skills and their writing skills and becoming better and better at that. And all the thought leaders that I know are good at all three, or they really nailed two of the three and they're working on third one. but typically the people who are doing that have really mastered that. So, When it comes to becoming a thought leader, no matter what you want to do, you want to be a shoe salesman, you want to be a soccer player, you want to be an expert in astrophysics, um, you need to start networking and building relationships. You need to start creating amazing ideas and contents, and you also need to start uh, building up your speaking and your written skills. And if you do that, you will get a tribe, you will get followers, you will get impact, you will have influencers that are part of you, and you will become a thought leader.
2: So building your network is similar to something that Michael and I espouse called basically don't do it alone. Make sure that you found your own tribe, your own peers, the people that are looking in the same direction as you, wanting to make that dent in the universe. Like to us, the problem a lot of people have when they're on this journey of seeking is they don't really have uh, that group. They're trying to get it done by themselves. And essentially what you're saying is in networking, get to know who people are don't attempt to figure this out by yourself am i
0: right about yeah, that absolutely no one could do this alone i mean we need to i mean first off you're going to need clients you're going to need people to give you feedback you're going to, you're going to need people on your team like the whole point of having a why statement and kind of a brand and purpose towards your leadership brand is you're once you start doing that not only will you have people who start to follow you as your tribe and give you feedback and love you and share your stuff. But you're you're also going to start to attract people who want to work with you, be part of your team and collaborate with. So like, you know, the people that I work with, there's probably, you know, probably 20 people right now that I partner with on various initiatives that align with my, with my brand and my purpose. They get kind of, you know, inspired by the why and what I'm doing. And so you start to attract a lot of people. You you attract the influencers. So people are a huge part. You show me one person who has gotten by, and become a huge, you know, thought leader, billionaire success without people. It's impossible. You it's impossible. Have to have impossible. they can only impossible. Go, You can only go so far because you're only one person. And, you know, you have to scale at some point because, you know, I'm leveraging scale with my business and my thought leadership brand. And and ultimately it requires people, people to help with technology, people to help share your message, people to help be on your team, people to help you, even like my business coach and my mentors. They are people who I've leveraged and used to help me become more aligned and focused with where I am. So yeah, people are absolutely essential.
2: Yeah, and and so are being in the right kind of peer groups, in the right masterminds, Mm -hmm. right? That's a big part of being around the right people. And it's important to make sure that you're around people who have a similar vision to you,
0: isn't it? Yeah, no, I agree. And, I, and it goes back to the networking piece, which is when you want to cultivate deep relationships, you want to pick the right relationships to cultivate deeply. It's certainly fine to have a broad network of people, but the ones you cultivate the deep relationships with are typically people that have to be are aligned with who you are. I mean, we are pretty much like the five people we hang out with the most. And you want to you know build a tribe of people that are just like you and are go-getters and can also support you and help you fly. Because uh, it's like, that. It's like that. I think of the movie, the mighty ducks ducks fly together. So like you want to, you want to be a duck and have all the your nice. fellow ducks fly
2: with you together. Absolutely. And, the, and the, the thing you said about creating content, we both believe in that very strongly as well, right? Because if, if you're going to be a thought leader, you need to think, my God, what a concept, right? You need to yeah. actually have thoughts and those thoughts need to be shared and disseminated and taken into the marketplace and brought back and forth. That's what's powerful about thought leadership. And when you think you need to capture it somehow, be it in a video in a blog post or in a more formal process like we do here in uh, in our inner circle and and, and and we've learned from our mentors in Australia, Matt, Matt and Pete, Matt Church and Peter Cook, is you've got to capture that and you've got to disseminate it with people whom it can help. And I believe that's a big part of what you're saying too, right?
0: Absolutely, and you know, it reminds me of a phrase which is uh, I used to use in some of my talks. You know, passion is nothing without communication or action. What is the point? It's not really a passion if you don't talk about it or if you don't act on it. So, like, if you're passionate about your kids, or you're passionate about hockey, or you're passionate about, you know, politics, do you talk about it? Do you act on it? If you don't, then it's not really a passion. So, similarly, when it comes to thought leadership, yeah, like, you have to let people know what you're thinking. You have to constantly share ideas and share your content and create blog posts and videos and things like that because people need to know who you are and what you stand for that i mean that's one of the ultimate descriptors of what a thought leader is so yeah you have to create that content get that passion out there speak about it and act on it
2: we'll be right back with the rest of our interview with today's guest we're here with mark von muser Mark is Michael and I's mentor. And on top of that, he does a lot of work with us in our highest level mastermind programs to help our clients solve the most pressing problems they have when it comes to taking their thought leadership practice to the next level. And one of the problems that Mark and I were talking about the other day was an issue that a lot of people face, which is they spend a lot of money and a lot of time on their marketing, and it doesn't work out. Hey, Mark, how's it going? Hey, I'm fantastic. How are you? Oh, man, when I speak to Mark Von Muser, I got a smile on my face and I feel great. <laughs> um, Thank you. So, Mark, that really is a big problem, right? There are yep. a whole lot of people that you run into, that we run into, who really
1: overspend when it comes to marketing and they don't get a lot of great results. Without a doubt. And this challenge has been going on. Back when magazine ads were the way to market, they said, you need to market more, you need to spend more, and it, it takes longer. But what we've learned over a over course is that if you have the wrong message, it doesn't matter how much you spend, because there is so much competition for people's attention now. A vague, a missing argument or, or discussion message is not going to resonate with today's buyer. And people try and spend and spend and spend. But the problem isn't your spend. The problem is the power of your messaging. And then secondly, it's the power of the messaging to the right group. You might be having the right message, but you're speaking to the wrong group. And until you get those aligned, uh, you, you're just going to be pissing marketing money down the drain. But there's even something more expensive than the marketing spend. And that's the lost opportunity cost. And that's the lost clients that went to somebody else who had their messaging correct and put it in front of the right groups. Yeah, that's absolutely true. What's one of the things that you would say, just bottom line, that people could do in order to overcome this issue? Well, number one, recognize that your way is not working. You know, quit digging. When, you know, that's the old saying when you're in a ditch, stop digging. So, secondly, is reach out to somebody that can articulate this with you. I wouldn't say it's an easy fix, but again, there are people out there, Nikki, and, and what you guys are doing is a perfect example. You've taken people with the wrong message, the wrong market, no clients. And within six months, a year, they now have 200, 300 clients. You've taken people that have wasted thousands and thousands of dollars on websites, Facebook ads, magazine ads with no clients. They jump into what get clarity a message, get clarity of market and power of delivery. And now all of a sudden they're making more in a month than they used to make in the previous year or two combined. So that would be the key is the fastest way to fix this is get with somebody who specializes in solving this uh, and then just deal with it. When you have the right system and you have people that have done this over and over and over again, it's actually relatively simple when you have the right recipe. So that's what I would say. The fastest way to do it is quit digging and align and hook up with somebody that will help you clarify your message identify how to find the right market. And then lastly, how can I bring that the most effective way to my clients? And next thing you know, you have a flood of clients, just like you guys are helping everybody in your group.
3: Yeah, we like to say it's the being inside the bottle, not being able to read the label when it's your, yep. you, all the experience that you have, the, the message that you have, you can't see it when you're alone. So trying to do this on your own is just not a winning formula. You need other people around that have done this before that can help you really identify it and quickly take it to market. When you
1: do that, it actually happens pretty quickly. That's right. And then as hard as it's been, as expensive as it has been, all of a sudden it becomes fun because you get to focus on what you do best, which is bringing your magic to your clients. And now you're not having to overspend for ads, you're moving out of scarcity and best of all, you're serving your clients, having a blast and you're making more money than you ever dreamed possible. Once you get clarity of message, once you get the right markets and know how to deliver your value, it just rocks. And that same challenging business that's keeping you up at night where you're exhausted, you're tired. Now you can't wait to wake up in the morning because your email box, your phone calls are people asking for your help. Imagine what that would be like. And the other part, Michael, that I love is that you did so much research on this and you research literally experts in this field all over the world. You won't say it, but I'll say it on your behalf. And what you found and what you put together blew my mind. It is so powerful, but without it, you just cannot compete. You can't compete in today's market with the vague message or the wrong message. Even with the right message, if you have the wrong market, you can't compete. It is too competitive of a marketplace. So you really have got to get this dialed in and then get out and start doing what you're great at. Too many people are struggling needlessly simply because they ignore this step. No, Well said, Mark, well said. Thank you so
2: much. It's always a pleasure to have you uh, with us, Mark, and sharing your wisdom. And listen, folks, if you want to get more of this type of wisdom, we run these workshops on a quarterly basis. They're called the E-Circle Academy Immersion. They're held here in Toronto. They're always on a Wednesday, a Thursday, or a Friday. And if you're interested, go to our website, ecircleacademy.com. It's in the show notes and uh, sign up for one of our upcoming sessions. And you can use a special code for our listeners, T-O-B-T-L 22, T-O-B-T-L 22, and you'll get yourself some special consideration. Thanks again. Now, clear speaking and clear writing reflects clear thinking. So if you're a thought leader and you can't speak clearly and you can't write clearly, then you're not thinking clearly.
0: What are your comments on that? That's a really interesting point. I mean, there are people who struggle with speaking, so I'll give them that. And there's other people who struggle with language. Uh, I think that most of us have a lot of thoughts in our head that are all a jumble. But having someone help you or coach you to, you know, create a more succinct way of speaking and expressing that. Will definitely benefit you so i think yeah it's definitely highly related to the idea that maybe you're not thinking clearly maybe i'm thinking strategically in the right way that people can communicate i mean there are brilliant there are really professors out there who have double phds and, and they speak to an audience and no one knows what the hell they're saying so but they just can't speak clearly so you need to invest time and energy to learn how to speak and write more clearly to express your views
2: well i had a professor when i uh, attended the university of toronto decades ago. And his name was Professor Richard Greger. He was originally a Czech and he was a brilliant man. And here's what he said to me. He said, academics and others who can't communicate their ideas clearly aren't thinking clearly. And and that, that was something that I really got from him. And it was very, very powerful stuff. So Bobby, when we wrap up an episode with a guest, we ask them for Their top three expert action steps, what are yours? What would you tell our listener that they need to think about and implement in their life and business right away?
0: The first thing I'm going to tell you right now is I think you need to spend time investing in your personal brand. There's ways to start doing it, but right away, list for me the top 10 personality traits that you have, your top 10 values, your top 10 skills, and your top 10 interests, and then rank them. And when you do that, you will start to see... The elements and themes of your brands that are gonna really stick out. Now, if you're willing to go further, by all means dive further, but that's the first step. Think about what your brand is and what you what you represent. Number two, go to your network and ask them the exact same thing. Say, listen, what do you think uh, is my brand? What do you think I'm all about? What do you think it you know, would be the best thing for me? Your network from your friends, your family are like the best feedback ne- mechanism for you to start building towards a brand. And the third thing I want you to start doing is I want you to start taking what you learned from the first two steps and start writing something regarding an expertise that you are strong in. So like, let's say from your friends, from your own personal assessment, you find that, you know what, I'm really passionate about, uh, I'm going to make something out of snowmobiling or something, something like hockey. Then you know what, start writing something. And I want you to write something, a, a pair, just a paragraph, put a paragraph together about that topic, your opinion on it, because you know you probably have expressed your opinions at parties and at other events. Put together that paragraph, and then I want you to post that on LinkedIn in a status update right now. Just do it. Do it. I love it. Do it. Do it. And if no one responses, then tag five people and say, listen, I wrote this. Tell me what you think. Like, I, I want you to, you have to get content out there and get people engaged and talking to you about it because that's how you start. If you want to make a difference, align, invest in the brand, align it, Get people from your network and then put content out there right now. Don't wait. Get it out now and start building it. It's amazing if you just do it, how fast it comes. I started on Twitter and started doing daily content. Just one I was doing one tweet a day and I had within six months, 5,000 followers. So you can do it too.
2: One tweet a day, 5,000 followers. I love it. 180 days. Okay, Bobby, <laughs> I'm taking your 180-day challenge, brother. I'm doing a tweet a day. All right. <laughs> Done. So, Bobby… We've got this amazing event. I'm honored to be speaking at the one that you're doing this year. Tell our listener about this event and why they need to attend.
0: Absolutely. DYPB, Discover Your Personal Brand, is an annual event that uh, helps basically lost, stuck, or unfulfilled people or business leaders have more focus and clarity and accountability to ramp up their brands. It's all about personal branding. It's content, uh, keynotes, workshops, and uh, panels helping small business owners and any business leader that's really looking to take their brand to the next level, get more engagement, get more leads, get more clarity and really impact their lives. And so check it out, dypb.ca. I hope you'll check it out, but it's a really amazing conference and we're really uh, delighted to have served so many people who've, uh, you know, found more purpose and been able to ramp up their brands with it. Awesome. So
2: we're going to get a special code for our listener as well. We'll put that in the show notes. Bobby, I'm honored to be speaking at uh, the, the one that we're doing this year. It's going to be great. We're going to rock it. You need to go to this event. This is an amazing event. Bobby Umar knows this stuff when it comes to personal branding, and I'm excited. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be speaking. See you there. Bobby, this has been an amazing episode. Thank you so much for being our guest.
0: Thank you so much, guys. I love this. Great stuff. You're doing some amazing work, so keep it up.
3: Thanks, Bobby. Take care. Michael, Bobby Umar. Bobby Umar, yeah. Quite a, quite, a, quite a Twitter following and up to some really cool stuff.
2: You know, personal branding, we're big believers in personal branding. Personal branding is important. You need to know your personal brand. If you don't have a strong personal brand, you can't be a thought leader. And being a thought leader is all about knowing who you are, knowing what you stand for, Having a clear message, knowing who cares about that message, knowing how you can help solve problems for the people who care about that message. That's powerful, and that's the sort of thing that Bobby Umar is all about. That's the sort of thing that we're all about.
3: Absolutely. That wraps another episode of the Business of Thought Leadership podcast. To learn more about today's guest and to get all sorts of valuable free business building resources, you can go to thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Until next time, goodbye.
1: You've been listening to The Business of Thought Leadership with Nikki Ballou and Michael Palmer. For more information and to download the resources mentioned in this episode, please visit us at thebusinessofthoughtleadership.com. Thank you for listening.